0: hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the history essay i hope everyone had a good weekend so for today's topic we're going to be covering the Zutsu riots of 1943. some of you may already be familiar with this topic some of you may not even know what i'm talking about which is fine Ultimately, we're all here to learn, and hopefully when you're done listening with this, you do walk away having learned something. We're going to be going over the Zoot Suit Riots a bit briefly, you know, what they were. But again, briefly, this isn't going to be entirely about what went down. More or less, we're going to dig a little deeper to interpret some of the reactions to this event, in particular, the reaction of Spanish language media. To the Zutsu riots and what they thought was the source or the cause of these riots. So it's important that we establish some context. What are the Zutsu riots or what were the Zutsu riots? Well, the Zutsu riots were a series of, conf- of conflicts that occurred around June of 1943. They involved US military servicemen, Mexican American uh, teenagers who wore a very distinctive type of outfit called a zoot suit. The zoot suit had a really big jacket with somewhat tapered shoulders. You know, it gave a really, a really distinct impression amongst those people who saw it, uh, balloon leg trousers, really big trousers and an over the top style hat, sometimes characterized with a feather. Those who wore the zoot suits were called themselves zoot suiters. Wearing the zoot suit was sort of seen as an act of rebellion on behalf of Mexican-American youth. They were rebelling both against Mexican culture and American culture. So for them, wearing this was an act all its own. So why were the zoot suitors themselves controversial or why were they the source of controversy during this time? Well, you have to think about what's going on in the 1940s in the entire world. It was the Second World War. And at this time, in the United States, there's a shortage of workers, particular particularly in the service and agricultural sectors. The Bracero program, an agreement between Mexico and the United States, solved this shortage by sending temporarily sending Mexican workers to the United States to cover those jobs at the expense of rather angry white people who didn't want these Mexicans to come to the United States. So there's some nativism here so this was a time the second world war in america this is a time of rationing vital war materials vital materials needed to be rationed you know not you couldn't just buy all you wanted during this time everything needed to be rationed because we needed to win the war among those materials which were rationed for the war effort was wool why wool well Zutsuits are made primarily of wool so due to this rationing Zutsuits were prohibited from being manufactured but of course this didn't stop underground bootleg manufacturing of Zutsuits. they still continued to be made um rather underground you know behind the scenes under the radar that way the authorities couldn't catch wind of it this caused some racial tensions against mexican american youth they were portrayed as an american because they weren't following the rationing rules or they weren't taking them seriously so this caused a lot of racial tension to start building against them you know this is a time of racial tension in los angeles in general the year prior to the zutsu riots an incident had occurred the sleepy lagoon murders or murder excuse me it had just taken place the zoot um, the zoot suiters themselves mexican american youth were implicated in the murder of one jose diaz who had been there during a party at sleepy lagoon so automatically these zoot suiters were seen as the main suspects in this case Ultimately, it was deemed an act of juvenile delinquency. This caused the governor of California, then Colbert Olson. He ordered the Los Angeles Police Department to round up more than 600, quote, juvenile delinquents in Los Angeles. Some were arrested, but their convictions were deemed unjust. Not all of them were arrested. It was just mostly a roundup. It was sort of to... It was a show of force to try and scare them into, you know, stopping their acts of delinquency. Um, Ultimately, it would be deemed unjust and ultimately those who were arrested would be freed, although it would take some time because, mind you, it is the Second World War. Incidents like the Sleepy Lagoon murder created a bad reputation for Mexican-American youth. They were ultimately deemed dangerous. They were seen as predisposed to committing crime. This laid the basis for the riots to come the year after the Sleepy Lagoon murders. U.S. servicemen who were stationed in Los Angeles at the time had had enough, and they were going to take back their city. They were going to take matters into their own hands. They were going to stop what they deemed this Mexican crime wave, and they did. So starting on June 3rd of 1943, some sailors claimed to have been attacked by Mexican-American uh, youth Mexican-American zoot suitors and these servicemen these sailors they wanted revenge and they were going to get it they went into Mexican-American communities Mexican-American neighborhoods and they harassed and beat Mexican-American youth on the spot local media the press newspapers etc they fueled this animosity they portrayed these white servicemen as doing the right thing You know, they were fighting against the Mexican crime wave. They were taking a stand against all of this happening in their city. The U.S. servicemen later took their actions downtown and they started to attack zoot suitors as well as other minorities as well. So they weren't just attacking Mexican-American youth. They took the opportunity to go after anyone who wasn't white at this point. The LAPD made arrests of lots of Mexican youth, lots of Mexican teenagers. Some Mexican teenagers, interestingly enough, even submitted themselves for arrest or surrender themselves for arrest because they wanted to avoid being beat and harassed by these U.S. servicemen. But there weren't any arrests of U.S. servicemen themselves. They weren't seen as the problem. The Mexican youngsters were seen as the problem. Eventually, Military officials, the military police, having heard what was happening in Los Angeles, decided to step in. They said, you know, this needs to stop. Los Angeles was declared off limits to the servicemen and they were ordered back to their barracks under the threat of arrest. The riots eventually died down around the 10th of June, 1943. Amazingly, no one was killed during the riots, but more Mexican-Americans were in jail compared to... U.S. servicemen in jail. The LAPD was scrutinized for this. L.A. as a city received lots of criticism for what had taken place there. Governor Earl Warren decided, you know what, we need to get to the bottom of this. We need to investigate what took place in Los Angeles and this come to the conclusion as to what caused it. And ultimately, the Citizens Committee determined that racism was the central cause of the riots. And it was made worse by both the LAPD and the racially biased media that was portraying Mexican-American teenagers as being, you know, predisposed to crime, all of this bad stuff, you know, against them. The L.A. mayor himself didn't buy this and he didn't want his city to be criticized. So he issued his own statement and essentially... I think you know where this is going. He blamed the Mexican Americans, Mexican American teenagers, uh, their juvenile delinquency. He blamed them for the riots. You know, he said, why should LA be blamed for it when in fact it was their fault? It was the it was a fault of Mexican American juvenile delinquency. So, interestingly enough, we have to look at other reactions to this event. So, one of the reactions from this event came from a newspaper called La Opinión. And they had a very interesting take on all of this. So obviously, you know, the Zusu riots, which occurred in Los Angeles in 1943, they were or are perhaps one of the most distinct and egregious periods in modern American history. They were largely the product of extreme nativism, racism, etc., which swept the nation soon after the Second World War. Remember, this is a time... Pearl Harbor had just been attacked by the Japanese, so what better thing to do than to declare anyone who isn't white as an enemy? Los Angeles would play a host to a clash of cultures during these riots, as mostly Anglo white servicemen from different parts of the nation, mostly the Midwest, would come into contact with a people they had little sympathy for and whom they considered racially inferior. Inevitable clashes. Between young Mexican-American men and military servicemen were inevitable. They happened. They happened numerous times. They were sometimes started by Mexican-American youth themselves. They were sometimes started by the sailors. While many of the leading newspapers of the time reported on these riots, it is the reports of the Spanish-language newspaper La Opinión, which I mentioned earlier, which is very intriguing. La Opinión in its first reports, promoted the idea of a community under siege, which was very appropriate because that's sort of what was happening when the U.S. servicemen turned their anger towards Mexican-American communities. However, the Spanish-language newspaper gradually started to shift its opinion. So it's first stuck with the narrative, but then it decided, you know what, Something is awry on both sides of the issue at hand, the Zutsu writes, La Opinion posits that perhaps this isn't all the fault of Anglo-American sailors. And in fact, I would even argue that La Opinion is trying to say that the real problem may not have been one between white servicemen and young Chicano youth, but rather a problem. that that highlighted the Mexican-American community's ability to tackle juvenile delinquency and rebellion. So what's being put forth here by La Opinion is that at first, yes, it is a community under siege. It is being harassed and attacked by these white servicemen, but La Opinion is also trying to say, they're trying to challenge the Mexican-American community by asking, well, yes, the Anglo-American servicemen are responsible, but are we at fault as well? So La Opinión was most likely at the time the newspaper of choice for the Spanish speaking population of Southern California at the time. And so the Mexican American community probably looked to the Spanish language newspaper as a source of information the second the riots began. And the vernacular, the language that this newspaper chose to illustrate what was happening at the time greatly influenced the opinion or the stance that the Mexican-American community would adopt towards the riots and those involved in them, including their own. So in the June 5th and June 7th, 1943 articles and the editorial of June 13th, 1943, they displayed different levels of castigation against young Mexican-Americans involved in the riots all three of these pieces the two articles and the editorial they don't hold back against the possible blame towards mexican-american youth both the editorial and the articles use the rather derogatory terms pachucos and pandilleros to describe the young men who were involved the mexican-american young men involved in these riots should be noted that the term pachucos and pandilleros are used freely Throughout both the editorial and articles, so already the tone of the article is not favorable towards these young men. It is not absolving them of any sort of um, flaws or any sort of fault. Both of these terms, pachucos and pandilleros, for those of you who don't know, are synonymous with rebellion and delinquency within the Mexican-American community. Um, They're rather derogatory at times, although some people try to make them a bit more prideful and try to put a positive spin on them. They're generally seen as somewhat derogatory. So in utilizing these terms, a hint or a little touch of of frustration, you sense it when you read this article, against these Mexican-American youth sort of shines in La Opinión. It is as if La Opinion wants to say what others in the community, what others in the Mexican-American community are too hesitant to come out and say, given what just happened. Because mind you, white servicemen have just attacked and harassed Mexican-American youth. And so La Opinion sort of saying the hmm, you know, maybe we should look at our own actions, our own faults, and see what it is we possibly did to incite any of this. La Opinión is sort of speaking for that silent group of Mexican-Americans who may not particularly have fond um, opinions of these Zoot Suiters. But in utilizing these terms, it is important to know that La Opinión is also making another point. In calling these young men by these terms, the newspaper is in no way absolving them of any sin. It is in no way absolving these men of any sort of guilt, nor trying to cast them in a different role. Both the articles and later the editorials are beginning to bring to light the problem that juvenile delinquency is posing for the Mexican-American community. In describing how these young men associate in gangs, how they operate, etc., etc., the newspaper La Opinión is already establishing how much of a how much of a problem these young juvenile delinquents are for the Mexican-American community themselves. So it's already, La Opinión is already saying, look, this problem isn't just a problem for white people. This problem is a problem for us as well. La Opinión is daring to say that as well. Due to their out-of-control behavior and their delinquent acts, these Mexican-American men, in the opinion of La Opinión, if that makes sense, in the words of La Opinión, these Mexican American youth are in a sense asking for it. That's the tone that this newspaper is putting out. It's sort of saying, look, they're already engaging in these very you know, rebellious acts. So in no way are they innocent, in no way are they, you know, free from any sin. They were already putting themselves in a position where something was going to happen. you know, they were asking for it. That's what la opinión is daring to put forward. This is a point which the editorial tries to make as clear as possible, as clear as day. It wants La Opinion, the Spanish language newspaper, wants its readers to understand that crystal clear. The editorial goes on to implore the parents of these young men to cooperate with the authorities in order to avoid any further problems. It's a call to action. It's telling Mexican American parents, don't let this continue. Because things can only get worse. You need to sort of draw the line with your kids and tell them that this sort of behavior is not going to um, not going to fly. The editorial, like I said, you know, it draws a line in the sand as it tells parents that they need to reel in their children's violent behavior to avoid any further confrontation. La Opinión, however, I do want to note, the Spanish-language newspaper, it does condemn the acts overall. It does condemn the actions of U.S. servicemen in inciting these riots. It in no way is taking the side of the white servicemen. It should be made very clear. But what this editorial is attempting to do is it is trying to convince the Mexican-American community to conduct themselves with honor in order to provide a good example for their family or for the community community. In general, you know, in order to provide a better example for La Raza, it isn't, again, it should be noted, it is not trying to take the side of the white servicemen, it's trying to challenge the Mexican American community to say, hey, maybe we need to be better than the enemy, you know, maybe we need to be better than those who are oppressing us, hence, we need to tackle juvenile delinquency so that our youth aren't involved in these problems anymore. We need to better our community. We need to make it so that we aren't reduced to, you know, we aren't brought down to the level of these violent servicemen. That, in my opinion, is what this article, this very interesting article of La Opinion is trying to do. At the end of the day, you know, it can be, it can't be debated in any way, shape, or form of the gravity of the situation of what occurred. What I mean by that is you can't deny that racism and extreme nativism played a huge role in the Zutsu riots. The US servicemen are completely guilty for what they did. However, in my opinion, I think what this article. What La Opinion, what this Spanish language newspaper is trying to do, is to get the Mexican American community, particularly the older generation, the parents of Mexican American teenagers, to set a better example for their kids and to be more involved in their lives so that they don't fall into this vicious cycle. You know, it's sort of this newspaper is kind of hinting that, you know, any confrontations could be avoided if the Mexican American community takes the problem of juvenile delinquency seriously. You know, La Opinion, like I said, it isn't afraid to challenge the Mexican-American community. This coming right after the events just took place. This newspaper is in no way, shape, or form afraid to say, hey, well, maybe this is as much our fault as maybe as it is the US servicemen's fault. And this is really relevant To today, you know, this is relevant to what the Mexican-American community faces nowadays. La Opinión in many ways is a, um, La Opinión is ahead of its time in its opinion of what the problem that juvenile delinquency is doing to our community. La Opinión is putting out the message that even today is still resonating amongst our own Mexican-American community. The message of trying to do better by educating the youth, by giving them better opportunities, etc., having positive role models for the Mexican-American youth so that they don't fall into delinquency, they don't fall into the gang lifestyle, etc. La Opinion, like I said, it's ahead of its time in this message in 1943. You know, with stuff that a lot of us, you know, I myself being Mexican-American, the problems that we are still facing and dealing with today and we're having trouble trying to deal with today. you know. Remember that there were reported and verified instances where some Mexican-American youths, they did start some fights with U.S. servicemen. La Opinión is calling this sort of behavior out. La Opinión being ahead of its time is sort of saying hey, look, while we're not saying that the U.S. servicemen are completely free of any um, wrongdoing, look you look at these incidents and, you know, of Mexican-American youth purposely starting fights and it's kind of like, hey, we're not innocent in this either. La Opinión is daring to sort of say that, you know, La Opinión is condemning the racism of the U.S. servicemen, but it's also trying to get the Mexican-American, Mexican-American community in general to take some accountability for the actions of its youth. Remember, you know, to rein in the youth, to tell them, you know, hey, stop, knock this off because you're making it worse for the rest of us. You're making it worse for future generations. You know, it's similar to issues we're facing today. There are some people in the Mexican-American community who may agree with the message that was put out by La Opinion in 1943. They may look at the state of Mexican-American youth today and agree that, you know, we need to do better in bringing up the youth and taking accountability and educating them and guiding them, etc. You know, we, in a sense, they would agree that we need to be better than the adversaries of whom we are facing. So ultimately, La Opinion's message in 1943 is one which is trying to challenge us to look beyond or look at the bigger picture, more or less. It's challenging us to take into account Our own faults and to start fixing our community by starting with our youngsters, because it's sort of saying, look, this is as much our fault for not being there, for not providing good examples and for not, you know, showing them the right way that, you know, the sparks ignited. And I think it's very important. I felt it very important to bring this up because... You know, it's another perspective, and I think it's a valid perspective. It's a very, it's one that should be taken into account, and even nowadays, you know, it's one where, it's one where, when you read it even nowadays as a Mexican-American, if you are Mexican-American, that you agree with sometimes, because A lot of the young people coming up today, they sort of have lost that. They've lost the fact that, you know, their parents came here for a better life. Their parents came here for better opportunities. And when you look at the state of Mexican-American youth today, you know, you have to ask yourself, have things really gotten better? Or have these kids sort of lost that connection with the fact that, They should be pursuing better opportunities. They should be pursuing um, better careers, better. They should be bettering their own communities, et cetera, et cetera. Have they lost that because they think that it's not their mission anymore? I found it very interesting when I first read that, when I first read the article of La Opinion, because a lot of what was being said back then, it you know, it, it sort of sent chills up my spine you know having worked in the educational field i agree that yes delinquency is still very much a problem Um, it's one it's a problem that unfortunately still hasn't been solved it's a problem that we're still dealing with today because the message has been lost these mexican-american youngsters (laughs) that makes me sound really old but these mexican-american youth they've kind of lost touch with the reality of the situation you know they they don't see the need to better their communities anymore they don't see the need to go after those better opportunities instead you know they're falling into the same patterns of you know they're making the same mistakes that some of us have made in the past and maybe it's as much our own fault as it is theirs but you know it it just it's something to think about, you know, something to have a discussion about. How far have we actually come? And I think La Opinión, like I said, it's a, it was ahead of its time in that opinion. But I think it's one that is still ongoing. You know, it's, it's that opinion, that discussion is still ongoing, and we still don't know what to do. And hopefully we will, you know. Um, reports came in that for the first time, in the University of California's admission history that, you know, Latinos made up the largest percentage of the freshman class. So hopefully we are, you know, through education or through other means, we are tackling this issue that Laopinion brought up in 1943 so that we don't get repeats of incidents like the Zoot Suit Riots. We don't get repeats of incidents like other prominent racial riots And so you know, like I said, the discussion continues. I would definitely love to hear what other people have to say. I know I am speaking just directly into the mic and I'm there's nobody here. It's just me here in my studio, aka in my room, speaking into this mic, but um I would love to hear what other people have to say about this. You know, it's it's something you know, when I first did the research on, it's something that I myself am passionate about. You know, being Mexican American, I am passionate about bettering my community. I am passionate about making it so that we better ourselves, that we lift ourselves up and we show all of those people who doubted us that we did it, you know, that we can tackle our own problems and we can support each other and that, you know, no matter how much hate you throw at us, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, you know. But anyways, hopefully you enjoyed me talking about La Opinion's sort of radical position so it's sort of an orthodox opinion about what had taken place in the Zutsu riots. Hopefully it's some brain food and it sparks some discussions amongst you and your friends. Um, if you haven't already follow me on Instagram, I will put a, the tag or my account name in the description for the episode so that you can follow along with everything podcast related. And that way you can provide me with some feedback on the episode. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this and I hope, like I said, this sparks discussions amongst your friends when you go to, well, you're not going to parties because of the quarantine. When you're going to your online Zoom meetings, let's just say that. When you're going to your online Zoom meetings, I hope this is, you know, something that you can say like, hey, I just listened to this podcast and this and this was the topic. Let's talk about it. You know, I hopefully that impulses you and encourages you to continue the debate. So, You know, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you all next time.